We are switching things up today here on Dining with UC Dietetics. Welcome back. Today we have a special guest. Registered dietitian Terza Thompson is going to be here today. Terza runs her own private practice and works with clients looking to ditch dieting and make peace with food. She also works with individuals looking to fix their gut and hormones. Terza graduated from UC, so this is pretty exciting for all of you nutrition students that go to UC. You can find her on Insta at Dietitian Terza, where she posts more about herself, her nutrition philosophy, and some quick nutrition tips as well. So welcome, Terza. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm really excited to dive into our conversation today. Yeah, thank you, Emily, for having me. I'm excited. Excited to be here. Yay. So before we get started, we always ask a fun little question. Because Thanksgiving is coming up, I have to ask, what is your favorite Thanksgiving food? What are you looking forward to most on Thanksgiving? Favorite Thanksgiving food? I mean, everything. It's all so good. I could name a hundred things. You know, it's hard when you're a foodie. <laughs> um, probably like mashed potatoes, the sweet potato casserole, and then like any type of pie, apple pie, blueberry pie, any type of pie. Yeah. Yeah. Are you a green bean casserole fan? Uh, I mean, I'll eat it, but it's not my favorite. Not my favorite. <laughs> okay, I feel like that's a big that's a big one that people are pretty split on. Yeah. Um, cool. So let's get right into our conversation. I think that this episode is going to be really great for nutrition majors to hear because when we think about becoming a registered dietitian, we might not always think of private practice. It might not be like emphasized in our classes or even in our rotation. So this will be really insightful to hear about what your job looks like on a daily basis and how you kind of started to build your own brand. So before we talk about that, what made you ultimately decide on nutrition? Did you like ever change your major or did you know right away? Yeah. So I grew up with older sisters, so I looked up to them and definitely looked up to what career paths they, they chose. So my older sister is a nurse, so I like thought, you know, maybe something in the healthcare field from the start, but knew I didn't want to be a nurse based on what she kind of already talked about. Um, so I knew something healthcare related, and then my dad um, growing up struggled with type two diabetes. So just watching him struggle with his health, I always was like, there's got to be another way. There's got to be, there's so much more that food can do for you. And then I also grew up on a farm as well, working with my dad a lot to like feed cows and things like that. So I always valued where food came from and the process of that, but also just wanted to learn more. How can we prevent things like type two diabetes and things like that down the line? Um, I never changed my major or anything like that. I just kind of like stuck with that. And, um, and I did take it a little bit, definitely slower, maybe started at a started out at a community college first and things like that. But from the start, my, I knew I wanted to do dietetics. Yeah. Like when you took a few nutrition classes, did you know, like that was for you? Yeah. So I started out at, um, one of the community colleges in blue ash and they had a personal nutrition class. And when I took that class, I was like, okay, you know, I definitely want to learn more about, you know, all the things it was a lot of, it was a lot about like macronutrients, carbs, fat, and protein, very, very little on like counseling patients or anything like that, but just like learning about 
a lot more than I'd ever heard before in high school, you know, definitely was enticing and, you know, made me excited to further study um, in the field for sure. Yeah. Gotcha. I think that personal nutrition, because I know I took that one and it's still around. So I think that that is a big class that a lot of students take that kind of like shows them if they want to go into it or not. Um, so it's cool that you mentioned that. Yeah. So what did your rotations look like at UC? Which, where did you like, what was your placement, I guess, in the different rotations? Yeah. yeah. So I did a 12 week clinical rotation at St. Elizabeth. Um, so that was just like acute care hospital based. Um, it was, it was interesting for sure. I think you, this is where you learn. Um, do you want to go the cl clinical route? Do you want to spend a lot of time in the clinical route? Or do you just want to do a couple years in the clinical route? You know, it's kind of just thinking the whole time, like how long um, would I want to be in the clinical realm if I chose that path? So um, it was, it was a big learning, learning opportunity for sure, a big learning experience. And I learned a lot doing it, but I just realized it, you know, wasn't from, for me from the start, just being a clinical dietitian. I don't think was, was my cup of tea, but I enjoyed like the hospital, the people at the hospital and things like that. Um, but I was happy to go to the next rotation for sure when it ended just cause it wasn't, it wasn't my thing. Um, and so that was that one. That was my 12 week one at St. Elizabeth. Then the next one I think I had was the NICU at um, UC hospital. And that one I loved because I felt more important in that one at, in that one compared to the other clinical job or the other clinical um, internship. So when I was in the NICU, I just felt like I actually was impacting these babies we were providing we had to figure out um the amount of nutrition that we were going to feed them because a lot of them couldn't breastfeed um with their mom so that to me i felt like i was really important in making a difference and we were able to establish relations with the doctor and the team um, we did rounds and things like that every morning so i just felt really involved so that one was probably my favorite so after that one I did a school food service rotation. I think it was at like Norwood High School, maybe. Um, and that one was fine. It was a good, it was a good quick rotation for sure. Um, but again, wasn't necessarily my cup of tea in terms of like I didn't see myself working in the food service side of things, but it was it was interesting for sure and good to learn um what that position could be like. Then I did um, WIC, um, and that was a good one. It was only a week long. Um, I liked that one. I like would would have considered that potentially because you got to work with moms and things like that. So it kind of was up my alley after working at the NICU. So I would have considered that one as a job opportunity down the line. Um, and then I had a community rotation, um, and that was, I think, at like closing the health gap in Cincinnati. That one you just did like worked on a lot of projects and community programs and things like that. And that was a lot of fun. Honestly, I, I liked that one probably um, up there with the NICU. Um, but yeah, those were my rotations. Yeah. So you said the community one and the NICU, those were probably your favorites. Yeah. So did you do anything in like private practice? No, I didn't. Nothing. <laughs> so how did you, how did you know that that would maybe be for you? Did you just take yeah. a- Yeah, I think I just, I wanted to make more of an impact 
in people's lives. And I just felt like, you know, the hospital setting, it's kind of just, you know, you want to make sure they're not losing weight and that they're getting better because you want them to go home from the hospital, but it's not like you're making this big change in their lives. And and from my standpoint, um, there's definitely a lot of other like great hospital jobs in the community setting where you can follow the patient over time. But for me, it was just like, we see them one time and then they're out the door and I just didn't feel like I was making a big difference. So I knew from the start, I wanted to be more involved with the patient side of things and really, you know, get people results, have an impact and, you know, see them more than one time. Yeah. Right. That makes sense. And I, I've talked to other dietitians who even just work in the clinical setting and say that that's like their main complaint is that sometimes they don't, they don't get to see the patient get better or they don't know really what happens after they stop working with them. So, yeah. Um, what steps did you take then right after graduation? Did you just dive into building your business and your brand or did you work clinical before? Yeah. So I graduated in, it would have been like 2019 May and I spent a lot of time during that summer studying for the RD exam. So I did that. I also worked for a sports nutrition company in the Blue Ash area at the time um, that I worked for throughout studying for the RD exam. So I kind of just had that job. It wasn't something um, that I was going to keep as I didn't have like a full-time dietitian position there, but they did have dietitians that worked there. So um, I kind of worked through that and was in like the sports nutrition realm at the time. Um, But again, still kind of knew like whatever I picked, I wanted it to be like something where I felt like I was making an impact. So I studied for the RD exam, kind of kept that job. And then I started grad school that August right away. Um, I just kind of decided I wanted to get it done and not go back to grad school um, and just be done with the whole school situation for good. So hopefully. Um, So I got that done. So I went right into the master's program. And then it wasn't until January of which would have been 2020 that I got a contract contract job with um, a nursing home. So I did that from January of 2020 um, through the start of the, the pandemic until the summer. Um, and I really liked long-term care. It was, it was a really great experience because you could follow the patients over time. They weren't going anywhere for the most part. They stayed there. You, you made connections with the nurses that all, were always there um, and the patients that were always there. So I really did like that a lot and even saw myself like staying in long-term care because I did like it. Um, but my contract ended with them that summer of 2020 and they were, you know, definitely going to look for another job for me, another contract for me. But I end up seeing, um, the company that I work for now, um, offering a job to get people, to get dietitians in network with insurance. And I was like, wow, I know nothing about that, but, um, if I just work with them, allegedly they can just get me in with insurance and I can start my own private practice through them. So, in July of 2020 was when I signed on with the company that I work for now, and they helped me just take insurance and build a private practice based on that, which was a lot easier because I wasn't um, having to like go after people as much to spend their own money because a lot of times it's covered um, from insurance. So that was kind of how I got into um, the private practice world. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. So right now, are you like on your own? Are you still with this company? Can you explain that? Because I think Mm -hmm. like a lot of people might not even think of insurance. Yeah. Just explain that process. Yeah. So I'm still with the company um, and everything like that. So still working for them. You could eventually 
um, leave the company and take insurance on your own if you wanted to, but it's a whole process that would take a lot of time. So um, the process of taking insurance is you have to become in network with these insurance companies and be established as a provider with the insurance companies. So it's a whole like legal contractual process. Um, but the company that I work for is like already established with these new, with these companies to take insurance. So if I were to try to apply, it would be a lot longer process because they're just applying as a company and they've already been in network for years with these insurances. So it's kind of like uh, they apply through like a group setting because they're a company versus I have to apply individually to get in. So you're more likely to have just a better relationship with insurance. I feel like when you do approach it in that way and not going it going, not starting by yourself from the start, potentially. Got it. And could you maybe talk about what would be some of the, cause I know like some dietitians don't, don't do that whole insurance thing. So yeah. what might be some like pros and cons to not yeah. insurance? Yeah. So the pros would be that, um, it can be better for the, the patient or the client that you are seeing, you know, a lot of times it is covered by insurance to see a dietitian, especially these days. So I have a lot of patients that it's covered in full and they don't pay anything because their insurance pays for it. Um, and these patients don't even have to have a pre-existing condition or anything like that. Some insurances will require it, but a lot of insurances will just say, you know, if you're just looking for preventative nutrition counseling, we'll cover it, or maybe we'll charge a little bit of a copay, but generally there's good coverage for it. So that's typically the pros. The cons would be that insurance is hard and it's difficult. Um, you know, there's things that do go wrong, like they deny things um, that should have got gotten approved and things like that. So I'm not as involved on that side of things when things do go wrong because I have a company that will go work with the insurance to resubmit the claim and they'll talk with me to what needs fixed. But if I didn't work for a company, then I would kind of be on my own trying to fix, you know, things that got denied and stuff like that, which, you know, I don't have time for. You guys wouldn't have the time for it as dietitians. It's too busy. Um, so, yeah. Got it. That all makes sense. And I did not know that you could work with another company that like would set that up for you. So that's I mean, I learned something new. That's that's great. It makes it like easier on you as well. So you work with this company, you get the insurance stuff set, mm -hmm. set up what were your next steps like website instagram finding clients how how does that work yeah so um you needed an office space to bill insurance so that was kind of the next step you have to have a location where people could come and see you at um so i established a location with a gym in um, Westchester. They just were looking for a dietitian at the time um, to send their patients to that are, you know, whatever it might be losing weight, just trying to have a healthier lifestyle, whatever that they see at this gym. Um, so I have a little um, office in that gym and I set up first. So that was kind of step one, like get an office um, and have an address that you can connect to your insurance. Um, so you can bill for that location, basically. So that was step one. Um, and then I would say step two was I had some clients on my own already. So a lot of those I just converted into insurance clients, which was really nice because they were already paying out of pocket for me and now they're saving money. So that was really nice. And then I would say like Instagram, just trying to be more present on Instagram, figure out what the message that you want to put ac across is. And then I was also finishing grad school when I started this business. So that was also on my mind. So a lot of things for sure. Yeah. So what 
what would you say like a day in your life looks like, especially since a lot of this now is virtual, but like with working with clients and even the behind the scenes stuff that probably a lot of people don't think of like insurance. Yeah. So a day in the day in the life for me is, um, I typically like start my week with just figuring out, you know, the number of people that are on my schedule and you know, where they're, where and when I'm supposed to be seeing them at, whether some are in office, some people I do meet up at a local coffee shop or things like that, um, which can be really fun. So I just kind of start my week with like figuring out what the, what this week looks like. Um, and I do have someone that helps me, um, manage my scheduling and my social media. So I have an assistant. So I usually start my week, like figuring out what I can have her do. Um, whether that be, we have, I have, I might get a lot of like new inquiries from the weekend or something like that. So I might pass those on to her to get people scheduled for the next week or so. Um, so just assessing what my schedule is, um, responding to emails as I can, making my schedule as I need to, and then meeting up with people. And then um, by the end of the day, there is some charting typically to do. So when you're billing insurance, you have to chart and submit certain codes to bill for. So I spend a lot of time doing that at the end of the day, whether sometimes I try to get it done, you know, right when the, when the patient's um, appointment ends, but a lot of times that doesn't happen if I have back-to-back -back appointments. So the end of the night might be charting or responding to emails that I didn't get to um, and things like that. But for the most part, I try to like give myself, um, you know, more time to spend time with the patients and their appointment and give my assistant things that would take me time, you know, time away from them, if that makes sense. Yeah. So talking about your clients, then, um, I know that, well, I've heard that it's, it's best, especially if you're in private practice to really like niche down and find your ideal client. Um, so can you just like describe your, your clients or like the people you see most and like what your nutrition philosophy is, like what you try to get across to your, your clients? Yeah. So I definitely started seeing a, you know, a wide variety of clients, especially since my office um, is in a gym. I get, you know, a wide variety of people. Um, but my philosophy and approach has def definitely changed as I've figured out, you know, who my ideal client is and and so and things like that. So I might, you know, here or there have some people that want more of like a meal plan, weight loss, whatever. And I'll help that client as much as I can, but they might do better with a more specific, like weight centered dietitian, which I'm more not that, not that way. I'm more on the intuitive eating side of things. So I typically focus on like having a good relationship with food, um, especially for someone who struggled with their relationship with food before we do a lot of just like, maybe they've tried dieting and it didn't work or it did work a little bit, but now they just really are afraid of food. So I do a lot of work with that type of population that's interested in intuitive eating and just wants to work on their relationship with food. And then I also do see um, some eating disordered clients, um, some binge eating clients, you know, things like that, that they can benefit from just learning intuitive eating. So um, we'll, I will work with them as far as that goes. And then the other side of things is the gut health side, as you mentioned um, in your introduction. Um, I, I've struggled with my gut health. I know a lot of my clients have struggled with their gut health from dieting and things like that. So it kind of just came about that I became really interested in learning more about the gut side of things. And I just think that everyone can benefit from good gut health or good hormonal health as well. So I just kind of like 
intertwine that as I can, depending on the patient, if they need to help with their gut or not, but mainly the focus is intuitive eating. And then sometimes we do some stuff with gut health and hormonal health as well. Yeah. Gotcha. So how, like, is your main thing, um, setting goals? I know you talked about meal plans. Do you use maybe any like platforms to stay organized or connected to the client? Yeah. So, um, in terms of like goals and things like that, if it's an intuitive eating client, we will typically start working through the intuitive eating workbook. Um, it has a lot of questions and prompts. I really recommend a lot of people doing the intuitive eating workbook. I've been, I've done it on my own. It's really helpful, but it just breaks down the 10 principles of intuitive eating and chapter by chapter, it has exercises and prompts. So once we kind of get through like the introductory stuff about intuitive eating, we might pick, um, one of the 10 principles, um, that they relate to the most or feel like they need the most work on and work on that one individually. And then take it into the intuitive eating uh, workbook that I have. So it really, it's very individual to base. It's very, it just depends on the client for sure. But yes, we do a lot of goal setting um, and working through just the intuitive eating book, the intuitive eating workbook itself um, and doing a lot of journaling and goal setting and stuff like that. Yes. Having everything online like that, is it challenging to stay organized or like even just being glued to your computer all day? How is that? It can be hard. I like, I like the aspect of being able to like share your screen with the client when you're on a call, it can sometimes be easier to just for them to be able to read on their computer, but versus us being, you know, right next to each other and me having to print stuff and all that, it can sometimes be easier. So there's some benefits to that, but yes, a lot of the time I do stare at my computer all day and it can be hard to say, to stay organized and that's exactly why I've now like hired an assistant for things like that, that I just don't have time for. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that kind of leads me into my last question or not my last question, but my next one. And I think this one will be something that a lot of people want to know from you. So like, what, what do you enjoy the most about your job right now? Um, and like, what, what are the challenges that come with it? Yeah. So I enjoy the, I enjoy the people that I meet the most. I've made just a lot of like great connections. I have friends that are my clients now who have, you know, been with me for like three years and things like that. So it's really, it's really awesome to see people change or, you know, make different food choices because of the way you've impacted them over the years. Absolutely. So I really enjoy that the most. Um, So just meeting people, seeing people make changes in their lives and get the outcomes that they've been looking for. And then on the gut side of things, I see a lot of people who have just struggled with their gut health, not got answers. And it makes me really happy when we figure out what's going on for them and get them results and they can get, go on and have a happy life and not, you know, um, be their life be impacted by the issues that they're having. So definitely that those are my favorite things. And then what about hardest things? Yeah. Yeah. The hardest part would be like, the insurance side of things, when things get de- get denied and go wrong, and then you're not going to make everyone happy all the time. You know, it's not always going to be perfect, or it's not always going to be a perfect match with a client. And that's why there's other dietitians. So I think just, you know, not being hard on yourself and just learning that, you know, you can refer out if you don't, if something's not working out with someone and that's okay. And not putting, you know, that stress on yourself, like you, you know, personally did something wrong when it just might not have been a good fit, you know, things like that. 
Yeah, and those are all good points, um, especially for someone like I've even I've read things or um, listened to other podcasts where it's almost like you are selling this, like you are selling yourself to a client or like your package, um, Mm -hmm. which can be like scary. And especially like if someone isn't a great fit or decides not to work with you, um, that could maybe be like a little discouraging. Mm -hmm. So I going, going off of that, I did want to talk a little bit about just like financial freedom, I guess, Mm -hmm. or, um, maybe even just like the money aspect of private practice. And I think that this is something just not talked about enough because people just don't want to talk about it. Um, But how does that work with like, I know like money coming in is probably based off clients. Like Mm -hmm. have you experienced like growth? Do you have like projected growth? Um, And how is that different? And I think it's even might be scarier because it depends on like your clients and how many you have, or I don't know how that works for you, but if you could just explain that. Yeah, I've um, been very, I feel like blessed since the start of this private practice that I've just had really just continuous clientele. I've really never had a season um, currently where it's been like, oh my gosh, I don't know what my week's going to look like because I only have, you know, one person scheduled or something like that. I'm very booked. I might see like 15 to 30 people a week. It just depends, but there are definitely slower times like the holidays, you know, it's going to be slower and we don't get as a private fact private practice dietitian, you don't get paid for the time that you take off, obviously, and that you're not spent with a patient. So there can be slower periods, but it's typically, I typically make up for it, you know, by having a bigger week, if a couple weeks were off or something like that. Um, So I've been lucky in that aspect that it has just grown from the start. And I think that's just encouraging that we, we can use more private practice dietitians. There is a big need for them. And, um, and so forth. But yeah, I've, I've been really lucky and really blessed in that aspect. Um, I, it's definitely just been growing as far as that goes. Um, I would say financially, it's a much better situation than working in the clinical setting. Um, and in, in, in even the long-term care setting, as far as that goes, that you have more financial freedom, of course, um, from being a private practice, practice dietitian, but there is the risk of the other side of things, like you said. Um, but so far I've been really lucky and really, really blessed overall in that. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for touching on that. Cause I know that that can kind of, that can be hard to talk about. Um, but I think it is important, especially for students maybe considering this and like, like myself, I am considering this as well. And so I guess it's just very encouraging to hear you say like you have had constant clients coming in and like there are going to be times where it's a little slower but you'll make up for it um so that's really nice to hear and encouraging because you might think oh there's too many dietitians doing private practice like I can't find my own place in this field and that's not necessarily true at all um awesome so I do have one last question for you and it is if you could give a few tips to current nutrition students looking to maybe go into private practice, what would they be? Like, is, is there anything you wish you would have started earlier or like done throughout college that would help you now? Yeah. So I would say, I wish I would have like been more involved on my Instagram as 
as much as I am now, like you don't need a, you know, a registered dietitian title to, you know, start your Instagram, get a good following, especially if you want to go the private practice realm. And, um, you know, it's, it, the, the world is a whole different place. I feel like with social media and Instagram when it comes to selling something. So, um, I would say, I wish I would have like started in with that sooner or taken it more seriously with the account that I did have, but I also, you know, didn't have enough, a lot of time either in undergrad to devote as much time to that as I could have. So that would be one thing. Um, I think that is really helpful. Just having a good account, um, that maybe is specific to what you're interested in at the time. It doesn't have to be your exact ideal clientele specific Instagram, but it could just be, you know, nutrition tips, tips in general. And I think that's great. That would be one thing. The other thing would be, um, you don't have to just knowing that you don't have to go get, you know, one, two, three years of clinical experience to start a private practice or be a private practice dietitian. You, you went to school for four, maybe six years if you did the master's route and it's a lot of time, but it's also a lot of knowledge that, you know, and you don't have to go that clinical route to just start a private practice. So I think I wish, wish I would have just went that route to begin with. I'm, you know, I appreciate the experience I've had thus far in the clinical setting, but I think I knew in my heart that I always wanted to be in private practice and I probably should have just did it from the beginning. Um, that, and then I really um, think it's helpful to have a coach or just a mentor or somebody that you can look up to when you are starting a private practice. Um, that was something I did. I did, I forgot to mention that I did hire um, one, a coach from Instagram who's a dietitian and who has helped a lot of other dietitians succeed and people that I knew locally succeed. Um, on what to just post on Instagram and things like that, um, how to manage your schedule, lots of things. So that was very helpful for me as well. If you do go to the private practice route, um, considering a coach and then anything else I can think of. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think I have anything else. Yeah. Yeah. Those are great tips. Um, and I really liked what you said about the whole, like, you don't have to go the clinical route after you graduate, because I think a lot of people can be so scared to start or feel like they don't have enough experience or like, oh, just after I do so many years and like, you know, um, I have this job with this steady income, then I'll build my private practice. But it's kind of like you just have to make that leap. So I really liked that. And even just investing in yourself, like with a coach, like you said, is going to pay off in the long run. Um, so I like that you mentioned those things. Well, I think that we ended on an awesome note. And Terza, I wanted to say again, thank you so much for joining us today. I know that your story and, and advice will inspire students out there to kind of pave their own path in dietetics and maybe even go into private practice. So if you are listening to this, know that there are so many routes out there that you can take in nutrition and it is possible to become your own boss. So I hope you all learned something valuable today and got a closer look at what it means to run your own private practice in nutrition. Tune in next, tune in for next month's episode where we will be talking about some eating tips for the holidays, things like that. Yay. <laughs>